so hello to anyone who happens to uh, stumble upon this. Uh, my name is Connie, so you can call me. And this is going to be my diary, which is a weird thing for me to say, because I never thought I'd have to get one of these or create one. Uh, the whole purpose of this being here is that I always have these thoughts or beliefs that I don't think many other people have, or I can't relate to people much about them. And especially with what I'm going through, I need a place where I can voice what I'm feeling and what's going through my head, because I don't know if I said already or not, but there's not anyone who I could really relate to with what I'm going through. Uh, with that being said, uh, I'm a male. You can tell by the voice. I'm 24 years old. And uh, early this year, I got uh, diagnosed with bipolar 1. This was back in January. And it's kind of something I didn't expect to happen. Uh, I was a normal person for the most part, I felt like. Pretty much growing up and into my adulthood. And all of a sudden, it just happened. It just started. And I had no idea what it was. And I didn't know what to do. It felt like my mind was just eating me away. Uh, so I guess the reason why I'm making this is that I find it hard. I know nobody in real life who is going through the same thing or feels what I'm feeling or thinks what I'm thinking. And I don't know if maybe someone happens to find this and can relate to what I'm saying or I don't know maybe someone's interested in what happens in our heads or anyone who feels like they could take something away from this if anyone does end up finding this then hopefully that would help um so yeah the bipolar started i never expected that to happen uh throughout my youth i was diagnosed with like you know anxiety depression but no one ever suspected bipolar until uh early this year they had me on an antidepressant it caused me to go manic and that's when they're like oh shit, it's bipolar and i didn't believe them when they told me that because my preconception on bipolar was always that uh, those are the people who just snap of a finger, go crazy, get real angry, start punching walls. And I didn't realize it's not what it is. I, I did a quick Google. I didn't go to any accredited site. Just the first thing that popped up was that it's about a third of people bipolar have that. So it's not even the majority, which is kind of shocking to me. Because again, that's what, that's what I feel like most people think about bipolar. It's what I always thought. So that was a weird thing for me to say. And unfortunately, uh, I'll get into this a bit later, but I am in the military, and being in the military, you can't be in service with bipolar. So pretty soon here, I'm getting the boot with the medical discharge, and I'll be losing my job and, you know, my current livelihood. And it's, it's just kind of a wild time for me. And... It sucks I was actually starting to enjoy my time, which I, I think if I wasn't located where I currently am, I, my plan was to go 20 years and make a full career out of it. Luckily, I'm not going to say what it is, but I'm in a profession in the military where it translates rather nicely to, in, in, to a civilian life. Like financially, because I'm getting medically discharged, I'm going to be set up for Veterans Affairs compensation, 
the jobs I can get in the outside, it's good paying. So financially, I'm set, but every other aspect of my life is just up in the air at the moment. And it's crazy because I don't know if it's the bipolar me being the person who I am. It's I feel like I think differently than other people. And before I go any further, I want to say I'm I'm perfectly stable. I'm not psychotic, no form of psychosis, like not schizophrenic or multiple personality disorder. I just have really bad highs and lows. That's what bipolar is. So if you think I'm crazy cool, I joke and say I am, but I'd like to think I'm a pretty normal dude. Um, and again, it's my first time doing anything like this, so, you know, I'm not going to have good editing. I know you can probably hear background noise, but again, I'm, it sounds weird, but this isn't intended for you to really listen to. This is for me. This is just a, a place for me to say the things I can't say because I have no one to say them to. I have no one to relate to me. And again, maybe on the off chance someone does stumble across, they can relate to it or... Maybe someone gets an understanding of what goes on in my head. I don't know if other people at Bipolar think like this or not, because I can't ask them that. The closest I get to asking people or seeing other perspectives on it is going through Bipolar Reddit, which sounds awful. But there actually are some useful things on there that I've found, at least. And you find some useful things, and you, you get the person talking about they might have loved their life in the psych ward, and you're like, oh, dear God. I'm not one of those people, by the way. I know someone who didn't find their wife in the psych ward. I won't comment on that. You know, I'm happy for them. <laughs> the wild thing. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, so when I first got the bipolar back in January, and this, again, this is this year, so 2022, um, I didn't know what it was. It started with just, uh, I, I just kind of switched jobs. I got like a temporary duty from my main job to what I'm currently doing. As I'll say, it's kind of like office work, but in front of people. Like presenter, you could say. Um, I have no fear of speaking in front of crowds or being in front of people. I don't like being the center of attention, but public speaking doesn't bother me. But everything was going real well with it. And then... One day, I went in my car just to go vape real quick, and I just lost my shit. I started bawling my eyes out, hyperventilating, I was shaking, and I had no idea what was happening. Uh, after probably 20 minutes of that, I tried to calm myself down, went into the bathroom, you know, tried to get the red out of my eyes. And I was so confused, because... I think that was the first time or second time I realized I had an anxiety attack. And the first time I had one was probably a year or two earlier where I was feeling fine. It was weird. I was feeling perfectly fine. And I looked at my supervisor. I'm like, hey, man, I'm going to go to my car. He's like, you all good? And I just told him, like, I'm going to cry. I don't know why, but I'm going to cry. He's like, all right, man, go for it. And I just broke down in my car. So I had that happen, and I didn't know what to think of it. Like, I was kind of panicking. But what made that one different from the one years prior is that it kept happening. And it was at the point where I was having, I want to say maybe two a day. Like, to that 
degree of bad. And no idea what was wrong. And shortly after all this happened, I went to my grandparents uh, for a week because they're like moving houses. They bought another house across the street from the other one. And that's the new one they're going to live in. So I went down there in Florida to uh, help them move furniture because, you know, they're all the shit. I'm the young, strapping man who has to move their furniture for them. And, you know, it's supposed to be a relaxing time. I go from where I am now, which is basically the tundra of the United States. All it's ever felt here, real feel, so with the wind was negative 66, and I work outside. So I get to go down to Florida in the middle of the winter, one of the coldest months. It's like 50 degrees outside. I'm sweating my ass off in shorts. And it's supposed to be relaxing with my family, who I rarely ever get to see. You know, near the beach, palm trees. And I have one there, an anxiety attack. And again, I don't know why. I just broke down crying. It's the wildest shit, because I get like a, my brain gives me like a five minute warning. Like two minute warning in the NFL. I get like a five minute warning where I'm still calm, but I'm like, okay, yeah, that's coming. I don't know if other people get that or not, or if it's spontaneous. I'll say it's spontaneous, but I don't know if other people get, like, the warning that my brain gives me. Like, I'm supposed to be relaxed and happy, and yet that thing happened to me. So, again, I didn't know what to think, because I have, you know, anxiety that I always thought was normal. You know, I always had butterflies in my stomach before something big, or, you know, a lot of people watching me, I get anxious. But I think it's a normal thing, but this time, I'm just, I'll just be chilling in bed on my Facebook feed and I'd lose my shit. It's still the oddest thing, to me at least. I didn't understand it. And then it wasn't until later, I once I get back from that trip, I call up the clinic on the military base and I try to get a mental health appointment, you know, it's a two month wait. When I finally get in, after continually having these anxiety attacks, uh, they're like, yeah, okay, depression, cool, whatever. And uh, they kind of brushed me off. And it really bothered me. It really, really bothered me. And they basically wouldn't give me the time of day. I couldn't get another appointment, nothing. And then what happened was this was March, March, April time frame. I kind of want to say end of March. Uh, the anxiety attacks were getting so bad that the anxiety attacks would trigger a depression. And depression got so bad, it turned into suicidal ideas, which I've never had before in my life. Now, I've never held myself in like high regard. I am nothing close to a narcissist, which I'm not saying it has to be narcissism, but like, I don't have good feelings about myself, but it never really affected me. And I can get into that in a little bit, but uh, it, it, I've never had those thoughts or anything close to them before. And I didn't know what to do. And it was going on for probably three, four days. And my mother is a counselor for mental health. And I woke up one morning to get ready for work. And the thoughts and the anxiety was so bad that I couldn't put my pants on. And 
I knew I had to go do something. So I called my mother up. It's like, hey, what the fuck am I supposed to do? She's like, go to the ER. I'm like, all right. Went to the ER. That, nothing. There, there's nothing more awkward than going up to the ER front desk. And they're going, hey, like, like, what do you need? Like, how can we help you? And you're like, yeah, I want to kill myself. <laughs> it's just so awkward. It's hilarious. Like, I laughed. I'm like, hi, I'm suicidal. And they're like, oh. I'm like, nah, it's cool. <laughs> like, there's no other way to get that situation. Just laugh at yourself. And got thrown up into the psych ward for a week. Uh, which was an interesting experience. Because it, it, when I first got into the psych ward, you know, there's like one or two other like kind of normal people there. There was one girl who just kind of said some crazy girl shit to her boyfriend. And there was a cop present and she threw her in the psych ward. And there was another girl that self-admitted, but it was just, you know, depression. And, you know, they were they were okay people. And I hate to use the word normal. They're not, like, very mentally ill. Again, the one girl is probably just crazy and the other one had depression. So I was at least able to, you know, socialize with someone while I was in there. Which is wild because I haven't been confined like that since basic training. So I guess because I had that experience, I kind of adapted to it better. If that makes any sense, people going through basic training for the military, you might understand. But it, it was still weird to me. And I will say this, going to that psych ward, that was the, I could tell this, it was weird. I woke up one morning and I went to eat my breakfast and I couldn't move the hand that I had my fork in to my mouth. This is before they had me on medications. I couldn't move the fork from my tray to my mouth because that was the first time in probably five or six years that my, like physically my body has been relaxed. I didn't know what it felt like. It, it was the strangest thing to me. Like, my legs weren't, apparently, my body, like, my muscles are just always tense from anxiety. I never knew it. Like, my whole body felt different. It was insane. Everything just felt loose. Like, my legs, my calves felt different. Because apparently, I'm flexing my calves 24-7. My thighs were different. Again, I couldn't move my arms. So, I'd say some good things came out of that. But when I was in the psych ward, they're like, okay, yeah, major depressive disorder, uh, unspecified anxiety disorder. Uh, put me on, I think it was Remeron, or the uh, depre antidepressant, and then hydroxyzine for the anxiety, which I'm still on. Um, so I get out, I'm on the Remeron for a while, and I'm like, this stuff ain't working. I thought it was in the psych ward, but... When you go into the psych ward in bad shape, you have like two or three days in the psych ward. I think in my, okay, I'm not going to say you, like it's what happens to everybody. For me, I'll have a day to three days in the psych ward where I'm still pretty rough. Then kind of one day I wake up and I'm like, nah, I'm good now. So I was good and I left. Uh, I get out, you know, I'm cool for a week or two. Then as bipolar goes, you hit your low. And I'm like, this antidepressant isn't doing its job. So I go back to the mental health because, you know, I went to the psych ward for being suicidal. So, you know, now they have the time to get me an appointment. 
And I told him, like, hey, this Rembrandt ain't working. He's like, okay, I'm going to put you on Prestique, which another antidepressant never heard of. Well, about a week or a week and a half after I started taking Prestique, it caused me to go manic. And when I go manic, which if anyone doesn't know what being manic is, it's basically having an insane high. Not like a high with drugs, but your mood just being extremely elevated. So I wasn't really caring about anything. Uh, I had $13,000 in my savings account, which for what I get paid is pretty good. That was me living a hermit lifestyle and every single paychecks every two weeks, I'd try to put 500 bucks in my savings. 13 grand on my savings account, I blew it on a week. I blew it in a week. So you spend all your money. I spent all my money on fucking football cards. I don't know why I thought it was the coolest shit. Uh, I would uh, hyper focus. So I was getting into the cards and buying all of them. I had eBay pulled up my computer in my office. And I would stare at eBay. Going back and forth between cards and what I'm trying to sell my cards for and all that. I would spend 12 to 14 hours straight. Not getting up from my office chair, just staring at eBay, running numbers through my head, buying things, selling things. Like, like I, I didn't get tired. I didn't need a lot of sleep, probably got four hours of sleep, woke up, felt like Superman. And, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't realize what was happening. I had no idea what mania was. I thought when someone went, what I would have assumed was someone with mania just went crazy. I wouldn't have guessed it's just a super, super elevated mood. And uh, I told, I went to my therapist again. And she, she was noticing, like, oh, like, you're in a good mood. Like, what the hell's wrong with you? And because when I first started having the issues, I contacted the therapist downtown. I was paying out of pocket for the longest time. And they're not cheap where I'm at. She's like, 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 what's going on? I'm, I'm kind of telling her, like, I don't know. I feel, like, really good. Uh, I fucked up and spent all my money. And she pulls out some magic book from her shelf. And she is, she's like, all right, I got seven questions for you. She runs me down the questions. I think I answered yes to five or six of them. And the questions she asked me was the criteria for being manic. And if you answer, I think it was three correctly. It was three or four correctly. It means you're manic, and apparently, from my understanding, what the doctors told me is that if you if you ever go through mania, you're bipolar. So she's like, "Hey, I like you're man. I think you were manic, and that means we're dealing with bipolar." And I didn't even know what to think about that. I didn't believe her, but I go to my mental health appointment, my next one. I'm talking with a psychologist before I see the psychiatrist. And I told him, I'm like, well, this is what happened. My therapist, like my social worker, thinks I'm bipolar. And he laughed at me. He's like, you weren't manic. And I don't know. The conversation only went on for maybe another five minutes. And then something made him go, like, yeah, all right, I'll go mention this to the doctor. Like, we'll see what he thinks. So he's like, all right, yeah, psychiatrist, be quick. So I go into his office, he pulls out the same magic book. All right, explain what you were feeling. Answer the same seven questions. And he's like, well, shit. 
He's like, yeah, you're you're gonna get medically retired here. Med board is what we call it. He's like, it's bipolar because you were manic. And you know, just in those two seconds, he's like, yep, your career's over. Shit. I mean, luckily enough, I'm in the military when I got diagnosed with it because most the majority of people with bipolar, you know, they get diagnosed with it and just something they have to deal with. I'm lucky enough where, yeah, I have to deal with it, but the government is going to compensate me for that for the rest of my life. So I guess a lot of people have it worse than I do when I'm going to have it. But that's kind of like how I got it and how I knew I had it. And I've only been to the uh, psych ward one other time after that, and that was Thanksgiving weekend. So just a couple months ago. And it was more so a precautionary thing. Basically, I hit another low. I had some anxiety attacks come back, which started the, the thoughts. And I just didn't know what to do with myself. Uh, the whole reason I did it was I was on the phone with my dad. Because I knew, I knew when I was having those thoughts, like, okay, I gotta go back to the hospital. And my family had bought me plane tickets to come for Christmas because, again, I spent all my money. I can't afford a plane ticket because I just used my credit card to go to my buddy's wedding. It cost me $1,500 for the ticket. So I knew I had to go back to the hospital. And when you go to the psych ward for suicidal ideations in the military, you got put on the high interest list. And when you're on the high interest list, you're not allowed to take a leave without a bunch of approvals. So I call my family, which I don't want them involved with my stuff, because apparently this is weird according to the psychiatrist and the psych ward, but I believe that it's my own issues, therefore nobody else should have to deal with them. It's my problem to take care of. Which apparently isn't a normal uh, reasoning that people have. So I call my mom up, and I know she's going to make a big fuss about it. So she's like, hey, what's going on? I'm like, listen, please don't ask me questions. I'm not going to be able to make it home. Please cancel the plane tickets and get your money back. I don't want you wasting the money. She's like, well, what do you mean? What's going on? I'm like, please don't ask me what's going on. I'm going to be fine. Just cancel the plane tickets. I don't want you losing money. And she goes back and forth me like five more times on it. I'm like, you're not understanding what I'm telling you. Therefore, we're not having this conversation on up. Which, by the way, I have a good I have a good relationship now. I'm not hanging out hanging up with her because I hate her or anything. So my dad calls me. I answer him. He's like, "Hey, man, what's going on?" I told him what I told my mom. Like, look, going through some shit. I'm not gonna be able to make it. I'm sorry. I just wanted her to get her money back. And he keeps trying to talk to me because you know he's just trying to weed out the information he wants us for himself. And I kind of comply. And I'll talk about it a little bit, but my dad's a super tough guy. I never seen him cry once in my life. He, he told me, all right, well, if you ain't coming home, then I'm coming to see you. I told him, don't. 
because it's weird because I'm in pain because of how isolated I am. All my military friends, they've gotten out of the service or they've moved bases. They're not here anymore. I haven't made any friends downtown because my whole life is just going to work and stay home. But for whatever reason, I don't want my family to see me in my current state. And it's not that I don't want to see them. It's I don't want them to see me. It's the weirdest thing. So I'm telling him, I don't want you to, like, I try to word it so I'm not saying I don't want to see you because that's not the case. And it got to the point where my dad started weeping, which I've never even pictured in my head before. And he's like, listen, man, it's either you telling me that I can come see you or you're telling me to not love you anymore. It's one or the other. If you tell me to stop caring about you, I will. He's like, I'm, I'm either all in or I'm all out. There's no gray area. Son of a bitch. But that hurt me because I never intended for the conversation to go that way. Holy shit. I really did. So I told him, fine, you can come up. And I, I know it sounds horrible talking about it. But... In my state of mind, it's just, how do I explain it? It's more so I'm ashamed of myself and I don't want them seeing me the way I am now. Because I, because I don't, I haven't seen my parents in two years. I want them to have the image of me that they had before I was all fucked up and the way I am now. Because I think my demeanor has changed a bit. Uh, all the medicine they put me on, I gained like 40 pounds of weight. And I was starting to get out of shape anyways when all this stuff happened to me. So now I'm just a fat pig. And again, I'm very isolated. I'm, I'm a very black and white person. I'm very stubborn. I believe what I believe and lonely. I have no one to talk to. So all that happens is I have these thoughts and opinions and debates with myself that just eat away in my head. It kind of drives me nuts. So I don't want to see my... I don't want my parents to see me like that. And I don't know if he took it in the way I said, I don't want to see you. But that's the way that conversation went. And I told him, fine. Like, whatever, you can come. Luckily... My doctor's pretty chill, and she's letting me go home, which I go home in a few days, actually, for uh, Christmas. Which is, it's nice being able to go home and getting out of here, because this place just sucks. Uh, next week, the temperature is supposed to be all in the negative 20s the whole week. So I'm happy going home. It's uh, it's not going to be that bad. I'm not from the tropical areas or anything. It'll still be cold, but not here. So, I just never thought I could ever make my dad feel that way about me. Because I know my parents love me. I grew up in a great household. Great mom, great dad. I know they love me. I love them too. But whenever I would fall into the really bad lows, and I was having those thoughts, the only reason that wouldn't ever attempt to kill myself, like really do something serious with it, is because I knew how much it would hurt them. 
my parents. That's the only reason. And when I told that to the psychiatrist in the psych ward, she said, so there's no reason with having to do with yourself that you wouldn't do it. I'm like, no. Like, if my parents weren't around, like, let's say they have a good relationship with them or they weren't alive anymore, something like that, I would have done it. It was only because I knew the way, I knew what would happen to them if I did it, that I didn't do it. And now I completely lost where I was going with it. So my bad. Again, this is just kind of me. Uh, but my dad, I, I never thought I'd be able to make him cry like that. So my dad, he was 30, oh, 30 plus years in the Army National Guard. He did a, like over a decade of that in active duty. So now as little, uh, there was a few times that he deployed and I didn't get to see my dad for a certain period of time. That's kind of an odd situation to be in. Because my childhood, ever since elementary school up until like my sophomore year of high school, always picked on, always bullied. I almost, yeah, it was definitely bullying most of the time. I'd say it's excessive teasing, if that makes any sense. I, I wouldn't really do anything to get made fun of or teased for, I guess. It was an easy target. But I always dealt with it. I thought it was fine. I remember going to therapy and I was like, I think elementary school, late elementary school. I don't remember any of that though. I just know I went. But when I was in fifth grade, this is the first time I remember my dad. When I was in fifth grade, he had to go out to Iraq for a year. And it's not like my dad is like, let's say, some dude intelligence or some dude working from a base. He's boots on the ground guy. And even at that young age, I understood that. I understood that he was going to be in danger. Because he's the one kicking doors down, raiding dudes' houses, on patrol, stuff like that. So, as a fifth grader, I'm going to school, getting picked on all the time, teased, didn't have any friends or anyone who wanted to talk to me. And the whole time I'm trying to focus in class with ADHD, by the way, I'm worried about, am I going to get the next phone call from my dad? Like, is he coming home? Because I think I get to talk to my dad every week or every two weeks. He gets to make like a hour phone call. And that's all I got to hear from him. And I don't remember how worried about it I was when I was that age. But I know I had those thoughts in my head like, it, will he come home? Like, I always had that thought, even being that young. And I guess, I'm sure that fucked me up somehow. I couldn't tell you if it did or not. I'm sure it did. I know, thinking back on that, I'm actually happy that I'm getting out of the military. Because uh, my entire goal in life, I don't care how much money I make, where I live, nothing. The only thing I want in my life is having a wife and kids. My own family. That's That's it. Nothing else matters to me. And uh, I wouldn't want to have to leave my kid for a year, even six months, something, and just be like, I gotta go. I would never want to do that to my kid. 
And I'm not saying my dad's a bad dude for doing it. I admire him for going and doing his job like that. It's not easy for him either. But I just don't want to have to put, hopefully, my future family, if I have one, in that situation. I just couldn't do it. I wouldn't want to. Because I remember, actually, so my dad also went to uh, Germany for a time. I think it was like an eight-month deployment he had in Germany. And I don't remember him being gone, but for some reason, I think this is one of my earliest memories. Actually, I correct myself. This is uh, before I moved into our house that we lived in when he deployed this in our old house. But this is the first wind that he got out of they were going to go deploy. He took me out back late one night, probably 10 p.m. We were next to the fireplace. He got a fire going in the backyard. And I asked him why he had to leave. And my dad's a very smart dude. And the way he worded it to an elementary schooler was, uh, there are some people in the world who don't have what we have. And because of that, they're jealous and they want to take what we have. It's my job to make sure that they can't do that. And that's almost verbatim what he told me. I think it's one of the earliest memories I probably have. And I was just like, okay, sounds good. And again, I, I'm sure somehow that fucked me up in a way. I don't have daddy issues. I'd say my dad's my best friend. Which I'm sh which is a good thing. But at the same time, I probably need to make more friends my own age. Let me take a vape hit real quick. A lot of talking for me. I don't like it. As much as I like my parents, I do not. When, when I, so when I do get out of the military in a few months from now, more than likely, I'm going to go back home for a few months and live there. Which, it's going to be cool to kind of be responsibility free for a little bit and just trying to relax gonna get a part-time job or nothing while i'm there i'm gonna use every day to go to the gym twice a day like i used to get back in shape get shredded again like i used to be because again i'm a fat slob right now and i want to make sure i i want to make sure i'm right mentally before i uh, before i take a job somewhere hopefully down south and you know get a demanding job that i can make good money at because the last thing I want to do is just be penned up at home, not working. Because honestly, work work is the one place where my mind's pretty much at ease. I, I know I said I had my first few anxiety attacks while I was at work, which is weird. Because what happens now is whenever I'm at work, my mind's occupied. I have people to socialize with. I'm all good. It's when I get home, I'm all alone. And the thoughts just constantly race inside my mind. Could be thinking about anything. It could be anything from a social issue to my opinion, how I feel like I view the world and different issues differently than most people do, which is a question I get on my screener sometimes. So I guess that's not a normal thing. But again, I'm very stubborn and I firmly believe in what I believe. I read a quote somewhere. It was, uh, it's better to die for something than live for nothing. And I kind of attribute that with uh, standing your ground and your beliefs. 
because uh, there's nothing more I hate than people who are either hypocrites or they're they're very wishy-washy with their beliefs and morals, which I don't think most people nowadays even have morals from what I see on the internet. I know the internet isn't all people, but it just melts my brain. I got rid of TikTok. I deleted TikTok for a month. I just got it again, and I hate myself for it. Because the only thing I would see on TikTok is the worst of humanity. You would see women with zero IQ points. And when it comes to the women, all the videos I would see on my, my page would just be girls who are cheating on their dude. Uh, they don't know that Paris is in the state of the U.S. Like, things like that. I would see nothing but negative stuff about women. And I would see only the most disgusting of men. Like, I'd see videos of dudes bragging about bagging some girl who had a boyfriend, or dudes who think their material possessions are, but puts them above other people, makes them better than people. It, it's just, I don't want to use the word toxic, because how mainstream it is, but it's toxic to me. Like, my brain felt like it was melting. And I couldn't get away from it. And eventually I just deleted the thing. I felt so much better after that. So much better. And when I say my brain was melting, uh, I'd use that same description when I was kind of going through my lows with the bipolar. Like, it's all these thoughts. They race inside your head so much and so fast to the point, so fast, I mean, to the point where it just kind of, I don't want to say melts because I already said that, but it all just kind of forms together into an overall feeling. It's no longer thoughts. And you don't know what to do with it. You just kind of get overwhelmed. And, you know, that could trigger the anxiety attack or just make the depression worse. It could trigger the suicidal thoughts. And it's rough. It's, I don't know if this is just a bipolar thing. Or if normal people, normal people, <laughs> maybe someone who struggles with anxiety, like they get the same thing, or someone who struggles with depression. I don't know if people who are not mentally ill have that same type of feeling with their thoughts or not. But it's it, it's frustrating. I'll say. So I'll say a lot of my beliefs and how I viewed the world is in how 95% of the people I've met in life view the world. And it's weird. Like, I see all my friends from high school uh, when I joined the military. Uh, I talked with people from high school for a while. Then after about a year, it stopped. And I still talk with my best friend from high school my best friend like we're bros uh we don't really have deep conversations but he's a he's a good dude we have a lot of fun together i'd say he's probably the only person i keep in touch with still i i see my friends from high school you know their snapchat stories with their posts on instagram whatever and it's so far removed from what i want to do day to day it's so Two girls and best friends with their twins. I'd see them drinking every night, which they're fantastic people, by the way. I'm not bagging them for this. 
or drag them through the mud for this for drinking all the time. They're not alcoholics. But I see them doing this. I'm like, I I would be on social overload. I, I couldn't do that. It's just completely different lifestyles. And it makes me wonder, like, could I even, like, get back in contact with them, talk to them? Because it's, we're very completely different people now, you know? Sure, in high school, we'd run around and get drunk and party with each other and stuff. But I'm so far removed from the party stage in life. All I want to do when I, I get home from work is chill out, put on a good movie or TV show, pet my cat, and, you know, eventually fall asleep. It's, I, I like to be social. It's not like I'm antisocial or psychotic. Um, it's also, uh, I want to be social, but I'm afraid of it. And here's why. Where I'm at, there's not much to do except for drink. And I don't drink a lot. I'll drink socially, but rarely do I ever drink enough to get drunk. But when I go out to the club with my buddy and his mutual buddy, who I'm cool with, We'll go out half the times. So we'll drink a lot. We get drunk. We have fun. It's a good night. The other half, I feel so disconnected from what's happening around me that I end up standing in the corner, spacing out, and it's almost like I'm panicking on the inside from anxiety. And again, it doesn't make sense to me in my head. I sit there like, why am I so different from everybody? How come they're all out there having fun? I'm standing here feeling this way. And that's where I get back to where I don't, you know, I've, I guess I view stuff differently because of, I, I don't know if that's bipolar or just me specifically. Because again, I don't have the opportunity to talk with other people who are bipolar. I mentioned that bipolar Reddit earlier and... You know, I tried it once or twice, you know, asking some questions on there or not ranting shit, but just like this happened to me today. Like, can anyone relate to it? And, you know, no one gave a shit. No one commented, no one upvoted nothing. And that, that's the whole purpose why I did this, because, you know, let's say I make another episode of this, right? And let's say... I talk about a certain issue that happens. I have tons of things that I want to talk about, like the way I think the world is now over-sexualized, the way I think people, just lifestyles are wild. I don't think a lot of people have any moral values anymore, at least my generation. I know we still have the baby boomers and the generation after that and everything else, but people my age bracket, so again, 24, it's, I just see the wildest shit. Like, we live in the age of every other girl's... I, again, I'm exaggerating. But, you know, everyone's doing OnlyFans and, you know, selling their feet pics online, which I think is hilarious. But the, the girls who are actually doing OnlyFans, like, sexualizing themselves for money, just how much I disagree with that. It, it's, there, it's stuff like that just runs through my head constantly. And... I have no way of getting it out because there's no good place on the internet that I can find to where I can converse with people or just I want to say get it off my chest because it's not like it's painting me maybe it is but like I need to let it out 
there was nowhere else to do that. So I figured, like, do this. Like, again, I'm not planning anyone never listen to this podcast. I'm kind of doing this for my own sanity at this point. And again, I'm I'm stable. I consider myself a normal dude. I'm a nice guy. I haven't done a whole lot wrong. I think I try to be a good person. I pride myself on it. But uh, being as isolated as I have been for a long time and going through the bipolar, again, at least for me, it, it feels like you're losing your mind. Again, it feels like, I'll say it again, my brain's melting. That's the best way I could put it. It's every thought you have just conglomerates into a feeling of a mix between anxiety and despair. And so I have a buddy who back home who is around the same time as me a little before he got diagnosed with bipolar one and when he made manic, he also spent all of his money on sports cards, just like I did. So I was never close with the dude, but you know, mutual friends for the most part, but I don't know, maybe I got to hit him up and maybe discuss similarities. Like maybe if, he feels some of the things I do or similar thoughts and, you know, just see if more so what I'm feeling or experiencing is unique to me rather than just this is what bipolar is. Because I have no idea. I have no idea if this is a common occurrence with people who have what I have, or if this is just me going crazy, I have no idea. And I guess I have to be a certain level of crazy to do this and voice my thoughts like this, but I think it's more loneliness and craziness. Like even my buddy's mutual friend who I said we'd go out drinking together, he's out of here in a couple of weeks. He's going to a different base across the world. Like, literally across the planet, and we're only mutual friends, but I'm all, like, I'm sad about it, because he's now one of the two people that I have contact with here who's leaving. The last person being my roommate. I'm not gonna, it's not like I'm gonna cry when he leaves or nothing like that, but, you know, he's a bro. And I'll, I'll miss his company, and just the fact that after that, all I got is my roommate. It's kind of sad in a way. You know, I don't got no girlfriend to have around me. I don't got a large friend group or even a small friend group. They're all gone. Not the girlfriend. I can't get one of those to save my life. But we'll save that for another time. That's a whole type, different type of rant. I'm trying to think of anything else I want to put for an introduction episode. Because again, it's now past 3 a.m. in the morning, and I kind of did this off a whim. Again, I'd never expect anyone to ever listen to this. I really don't. But I feel like this is just a way for me to get all those thoughts off my chest. Because I have no one else to talk about them with. And if I do upload any more... Some, I just want to go through some of those thoughts that just, just I feel like destroy my brain just to let it out and 
maybe if someone does come across these, they can call me crazy, and I'll be like, okay, I'm crazy, or someone maybe says, yeah, that makes sense, or it's a podcast, there's not going to be a two-way conversation, but you know, maybe someone understands where I'm coming from, maybe someone can relate, or maybe someone studies this one day and go, wow, this dude was a whack job. Whatever it gets taken as, I'm cool with it. Because hopefully it's just something that helps me. And uh, I think I accidentally made a decent outro for this. So I think I'm going to hang up for the night and go to bed. So uh, if anyone did listen, uh, I don't know. If you, uh, if you have what I have, maybe uh, you could relate a little bit. If you had no idea what bipolar was, maybe you learned something. Maybe, maybe, maybe all you took away from it was that we're not all, you know, crazy rage monsters who put holes in walls. Because <laughs> I, I, when I've told people I have bipolar, that's immediately what they think, and I have to go, no, it's not like that. And uh, maybe if you're a mental health professional and you stumble across this, uh, maybe I'm a good case study for you. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess if anyone did listen to this, I just hope uh, maybe you could take something away from it. I know that this is just kind of the first time I did this, so I had to do some introductory stuff. But uh, if I do upload any more, it's going to be uh, more so those thoughts that go on in my head, I think, just so I have somewhere to express my feelings and my thought processes on it. Because, again, uh, I really enjoy the few conversations I've had with people about those types of things. And just expressing why you believe what you believe. Those are some of my favorite conversations to have. And I just don't have anyone to do that with. And it's kind of a hole I have in my life. I don't know why those conversations are so important to me, but they are. I really don't. But... Hey, if anyone did listen to it, I hope uh, hope I didn't just waste almost an hour of your life. That's pretty much it. So uh, I appreciate it. And if I upload it again, I uh, hope you might be able to take away from that also. So thank you, and I hope you have a good day.